Hey everyone, welcome to the Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Carol Ann Flood, and I'm the worship director here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our mission is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus your whole life, or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help you draw near to the person of Jesus, be challenged and encouraged by His Word, and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you are in Him. Good morning, Frontline. So good to be with you. Happy Mother's Day. Just like we were saying to all the moms in the room, uh, just like Brian says, we are growing as a church. I got a text from Amanda a couple weeks ago that said, we just had 22 two-year-olds in one service. We are growing right now and way to go COVID. So this is just, uh, it's a fun season to be in, fun season to celebrate with you. Let me jump right in uh, just for the series that we're in. This is week three of a five-week series. I want to ask you, how many of you have heard of what confirmation bias is? Have you ever heard that term? you ever heard that phrase before? Let me, let me define confirmation bias. It's a tendency to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms or supports one's prior beliefs or values. Confirmation bias, if I summarize it, it's this. You, you find what you're looking for, right? So parents, especially of younger children, when your toddler's having a rough day, do you know what I'm talking about when they're looking for another reason to have a rough day? Like in our house, it's kind of like, okay, everybody get out of his way. What can we do? How can we prepare? You know, and then all of a sudden he's, he's eating his granola bar and it cracks in half and you're just like, we're done. It's over. Meltdown, right? Crash. Maybe you got older kids. Maybe it's like you get cut from the team and so they come home and kind of defeated and they're looking for other things that they've been cut from or eliminated from or not doing well. Maybe they're older. Maybe they're driving now. You have kids that are driving and they get in a car accident and it's somebody else's fault because there's no good drivers out there except your 16-year-old. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? The confirmation bias. Like you're looking for reasons to support a belief system that you already had. You see what you want to see. How about this? You ever buy a vehicle and then notice that vehicle on the road everywhere you go? Number one vehicle, I looked this up, that's driven around right now, particularly in our area, is a Chevy Equinox. There's a good chance 20% of you in this room drive an Equinox. Do you see the Equinoxes as you drive? Right? Do you wave at them? You're like, there's another and another and another. Uh, what, about, what about this one? Uh, medical diagnoses. If you ever get a medical diagnosis, isn't it true that you become very aware of other people and information that begin sharing the same, hey, I just got diagnosed with this. And you become aware, wow, I, I too struggle with ADHD. I too struggle with um, a diagnosis with cancer. I too struggle with fill in the blank. It's true that when we become predisposed to something, we actually look for ways to confirm that already. Our brains work that. Here's another one. This one's a little more controversial. Um, Fox, CNN, NBC, whatever your news outlet of choice is, do you realize that they exist to perpetuate a cycle and a system and a way of thinking? And so the more that you dive in, the more you will actually see the confirmation of what you are being told. So here's this, this is kind of fun. I want to show you this graph. So social media, let's talk about social media for a second. There was a study that was done by the National Academy of Sciences. And here's what they looked at. They looked at Twitter and they picked three very non-controversial topics. So gun control, same-sex marriage, and climate change. They picked three topics that nobody cares about. And they wanted to find out, do people get upset 
Or how often do they see these things that they get upset about? Here, here's what they found, and this is why you see there's a red category which would signify conservative, there's a blue that would signify liberal. What they found is on people's social media streams, because of their surroundings, because of the algorithms that exist, you see only what you already identify with. The vast majority of how you think, how you process, what you feel, what you believe, your perception of the world, even social media reinforces a belief that you already have. It's called confirmation bias. That's how our brains work. That's how our brains work. This is so interesting. You can't control what you see, but you can control how you see. The problem is so many of us, we're just totally unaware we're totally unaware, right? You ever, you ever have this thinking or mentality or maybe you scroll through social media or whatever and you go, man, everybody, everybody, I'm aligned with everybody. Like we're all on the same page. We're all right. We're all outraged. We're all upset. We're all in our agreement. Why does it the rest of the world see this? It's because our brains naturally look for things to confirm what we already believe. So you can't control what you see, but you can change how you see. So let's dive in here. We're in Philippians chapter one, verse 12. The apostle Paul is writing and he's in prison. So this is important because his circumstances aren't good. They're not favorable circumstances. He had multiple missionary journeys. And so he spent some time in this little city called Philippi where he just befriended this church and this group of people. And so there's a lot of them that he just loves and cares for. And so as he's in prison, as he's in Rome, he's penning them a letter. And this is what he writes. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has, everybody say this word with me, actually, okay, we can do better than that. Mother's Day, come on. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Here's why I love that word actually so much. If you have a teenager, you probably hear that all the time, don't you? Uh, Actually, mom, let me inform you of the way that things actually are. Actually, dad, it wasn't my fault. It was somebody. Actually is a clarifier. Actually is a word that serves as a transition to dive us deeper or define something that maybe was misperceived. The church in Philippi could look at Paul's circumstances just like Paul could look at Paul's circumstances. They could look at him and say, Paul's in prison, that's bad. That's bad for Paul, that's bad for the church, that's bad for the gospel. This is bad. His circumstances around him are poor, therefore the situation is just poor. And Paul says, actually, actually, I want to bring clarification, right? Confirmation bias. If you want to look for the way that you already perceive, you'll find it. But let me twist that for you. Let me redefine that for you. Let me, let me shift your focus. Actually, it has served to advance the gospel. Paul is reframing his mind just like he's asking the Philippian church to do. He is shaping his way of thinking in the way that he is asking the church the people of God to reframe their thinking. What is he trying to say? Most of us, our circumstances inform our thinking. When things are good, when things are right, when things are wholesome, when things are going our way, we think a certain way. We look for opportunities to confirm that and reinforce that, even if it's contradictory to what God is doing or asking or inviting us to step into. The way our brains work, we are going to follow a natural way of thinking that focuses on us, that is impacted by our circumstances. 
But here's what Paul is saying. He's taking a step back and he's saying, let's not let our circumstances dictate our thinking. Let's let our thinking dictate our circumstances. Let's, let's change our method. Let's change our model. Let's change our filter or our lens so that as we look at different situations, whether it's a life, whether it's a problem, whether it's a family, whether it's another person, whether it's the church on a local scale or global scale, change your thinking to reflect a different lens. We have the power and the ability to do that. So let's keep reading. Philippians 1, verse 13. This is what it says right after. As a result, it has become clear. He's bringing emphasis again. I, I want to redefine. I want to reframe our thinking. It's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Notice he doesn't say right here, for Christ. Notice he doesn't say because of Notice he doesn't say, I'm being punished by. I've been benched by. I've been removed by. Notice he doesn't say that. Notice the way he thinks, the reframed mind says, the reason I am in prison, the reason I am in chains is for Christ. The subject here is Jesus. It's not Paul. It's not Paul's circumstances. It's not the destination that Paul would like to get to on his own. His way of thinking is different than what the people he's writing to would naturally ascribe to. So he says, and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. We all bring this cognitive bias or this confirmation bias to reinforce what we already see in good situations and in bad. We bring lenses. And so many of us, right, you ever, you ever drive and you're like, man, I forgot my glasses were on my face the entire day. You, you spend 10 minutes looking through your car, you're getting mad, you're yelling at your kids, who took my glasses, right? And they're all on their paths, they're just like, whatever, they're on your face, Dad, keep going. Like, like you, ever, you ever forget that you have a particular lens, what Paul is writing is he's saying, you have a lens. You have a way of thinking. And you may not be able to control what you see, but you can control how you see. What you can control is the lens in which you see. There's this quote, I, I love this. Uh, it says, we don't see the world as it is, we see it as we are. Let that sink in for a second. Remember the first time I ever heard this quote, I went, what? That doesn't make sense. And then I read it again. We don't see the world as it is, as in reality, as in the way things actually are. We don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are, that we are actually a lens for our perception of things, things in the world, things in our family, things in our marriage, things in our kids, things in our church, things in our community, things in our nation. You fill in the blank. We don't actually see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. Mark Batterson, he's a pastor, he expounds on this quote. He says this, we don't see the world as it is, we see the world as we are. If someone has a critical eye, they will always find something to be critical about. If they have a grateful eye, they will always find something to celebrate even in the worst of circumstances. 
Having a good eye in life changes how you see yourself and everything around you. Your focus determines your reality. We all have a lens that we see our world. Our relationships, our marriages, our families, our kids, we all have a lens. So I brought up with me a couple props, because I haven't used props in a while. If you've ever sat in my office with me, uh, I do this thing. It's actually one of my favorite things. As we start talking about life, we start talking about perception, we start talking about, man, things that maybe we're going through. Uh, and, and I notice kind of this lens or this, this framing of thinking. What I often do is I, is I pull out these glasses, right? So just white sunglasses. There's nothing special. They're from the dollar store, right? Slightly tinted on the, on the lens. And so I hand them to the other person. I say, go ahead and put these on. And so they, they put on the glasses and I say, tell me what you see. I see everything I saw before. I said, okay, what, what's different? Tell me what's different. What's different about what you see? Well, it's a little bit darker. It's a little bit more shaded, right? It's a little bit darker. It's maybe harder to perceive some color, kind of the, very, the variance of degrees or brightness. But, but for the most part, I can see things normally. Here's what's funny. Your brain over time will get used to that and then begin to think that what you are seeing through this lens becomes reality. But then I have some fun. Then I hand them another pair of glasses, and I say, put these on top. So you start stacking the glasses. I said, what changed? Everything changed, but it just got worse, right? Things, the reality got farther from the perception. So the more lenses you add on, the more distortion you begin to see. Here's what's funny about humanity is we're all walking around with lenses that we've become totally unaware of. We're all walking around with lenses in which we see the world. We see significant events. We see politics. We see church. We see leadership. We see men and women and children. We see struggle and pain. We're all walking out with different lenses in which we see the world. And what Paul is saying is you have the ability to change your lenses, but first it requires you to acknowledge they exist. Some of you, I just thought about this. I'm so grateful for Brian's prayer at the beginning. Some of you walked in today as moms with very significant lenses. Some of you walked in today thinking you're a bad mom because your kids are struggling because maybe things aren't going well, you're trying to balance so many different things, and, and the lens that you have on looks at the things that aren't going well, and you ascribe it as a negative value of yourself. Some of you came in thinking you're a fake mom. You give the projection or the perception to other people, we're good, I got it figured out, things are awesome, etc. but then behind the scenes, things are horrible. And you're walking in and saying, I, I don't even feel legit. I, I feel like a fake mom. Others maybe have walked in feeling like, I, I don't deserve to be called a mom. Because technically, they aren't my kids biologically. Or, or maybe I share them with somebody else. I share custody with them. Maybe, maybe you're a grandparent that's raising young kids. Maybe you've lost a child and, and you think to yourself, I, I don't count. Maybe you've struggled with infertility and you say, I, I, I'm not a mom, I'm not a real mom until I can produce a child. These are all lenses that can be crippling. 
And just like the confirmation bias, we begin to look for things that confirm the lens that we're walking with. Here's lenses for all of us. Maybe you have a lens on that says this, it's all my fault. Nothing I do is right. Maybe this lens, I'm not good enough. I can't keep a job or I can't produce what I'm trying to produce, or I'm a failure at work or at home or with my family. I'm just not good enough. Maybe I'll never be good enough. Maybe other lenses would be, I'm a mistake. I can't find my fit. No one wants me. Or this last one, maybe I'm all on my own. I sat with mine, just thinking about, man, what what are the lenses that... I'm walking around with on my face. I opened up my journal yesterday and just scrolling through it like, I'm pretty sure I've journaled this before. I'm pretty sure I've, I've written this down. Here's two that I wrote down. If I let someone in too close, they'll hurt me. It's a lens. It, and it plays itself out in behavior. It plays itself out in relationships. It plays itself out in marriage. It plays itself out in parenting or at work. It, if I let someone in too close, they'll hurt me. Or this one, I'm only as valuable as the last thing I did or accomplished, which creates a drive to do and to perform and to excel and to achieve. What if there's a different lens? What if there's a better lens? So many of us are carrying around the lens we have because it's all we've ever known, but the opportunity that God gives us today is a different lens, one that brings clarity. Ones that bring, one that brings right thinking and alignment and truth. We can't control what we see, but we can certainly control how we see. We can either interpret things through our lenses or the lenses that Jesus offers. Read this with me in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It doesn't say lean not on understanding. I never caught that before. Lean not on your understanding, on your lens, on your way of thinking. Lean not on your understanding. But in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Said a little bit differently, he'll bring clarity to the way that things actually are through his lens that he offers us. The message version, we don't often read that. It's a paraphrased version. But here's what it says. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He is the one that will keep you on track. The Bible does not discourage seeking answers. If if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you're still kind of feeling it out or checking it out here, I want you to hear this. The Bible doesn't discourage you seeking answers or seeking the truth. But what it does say is you're not going to find it in your own lens. You're going to find it in a different lens. It points us to the person of Jesus. God offers us something better than our own lenses. He offers us his. Offers us his lens through the person of Jesus. 
There is power in being able to dictate your lens. So for this reason, so many are resistant to picking up a different lens like scripture, like God's word as it has been preserved for us. So many of us are resistant because we have power when we determine or dictate our narrative. We can make things all about us. We will always be the hero in our story or the victim of somebody else. We're always right. We write the narrative. Everything revolves around us. But then here's the truth. Here's the reality. And it's this. Jesus is the only hero. We are victims of a lost and broken world, which also means we are victims of ourselves. And everything does not revolve around us. Everything revolves around him. And he's invited us to be a part of his story. You may not be able to change what you see, but you can certainly change how you see. All creation, all of history, everything points to the person of Jesus. With that lens, it could change everything for you. It could change absolutely everything, but we need to come to him to reframe our thinking. So I don't often, uh, I, I don't often talk about Shannon too much. Shannon doesn't love to be in the spotlight. She's my wife. Um, but I, I really wanted to highlight something about her that I've just come to love and appreciate. Uh, Shannon is a great kind of lens check for me. Uh, she's kind of the this, this strong subtle, quiet presence in our home. I wrote this time, I thought this was funny. She can take me. Like, you know what I mean? It's like any lens, right? I, I'm a loud personality, right? I can be boisterous. I can, I can have an, a, like a front to it. But, but she, she can confront that and she does it so well. And oftentimes she'll say one line or ask me one question and I'll think about it for like three days. And to her, it's just like, no, oh, she just, bloop, it just came out. But I'll think about it. I'll think, there, so a couple examples. One, let's say Judah, my three-year-old, has a meltdown. She has the ability to identify the core problem like this, and she's watching me turn into a volcano, right? She's like, why are you getting, it's not even, it's not even, he's tired. I don't, what? He's tired? I'm tired. Huh, start thinking, right? She reframes, we, uh, my brother and I, have been doing this thing with my grandpa. Um, last couple of years, we take him to a Cubs game. Longtime Chicago fan, grew up in Chicago. And so uh, I'm sitting at the computer, this is like three, four months ago, and I'm like, I'm gonna buy tickets for the Cubs game for Ben and I and grandpa. And, and so I, I buy it, I click submit, right? Spend a bunch of money. And I was like, well, I hope Ben pays me for those. And then uh, I come back and I'm like, all right, sweet, locked in, here's the date, we just bought tickets. And she goes, you sure you don't wanna invite your dad? It's like, that would have been awesome 10 seconds ago. That was, dang it, sitting there trying to find better, I'm like, Shannon. But I thought about that, and, and you know what? Things haven't always been awesome in my family. But the more I thought, the more I was like, I really want my dad to be there. And so we went a couple weeks ago, and I tell you what, it was the absolute best experience I could have ever asked for. Things weren't always great, but it was an amazing experience. Just because she reframes my lens. She has such a keen ability to see the lenses in me that I can't see in myself. So here, here's why I share that with you about her. 
That is true of my relationship with Jesus. That as I spend time studying his word, it changes how I think. As I spend time in prayer, he aligns my heart with his. And as I, as I put resources financially or time, as I put those in his control, he gives me an eternal perspective rather than an earthly one. The more I spend time with Jesus in every which way, my thinking begins to be reframed. That's the gift that he desires to give to all of us. Not just to see the world as we are, but to see it through his lens. To see the redemptive work that he is doing right now. To see where he's cultivating see opportunities to take the gospel to places that maybe it's never been able to get to before. To bring healing in certain relationships that maybe we've been resistant to in the past. When we see our world through the lens that Jesus gives, it provides a whole new realm of opportunity that we couldn't see without him. So as we close today, you to do is this. Identify a lens that you've had in your life. Do it with a group of people. Do it with a spouse. Do it with a kid. Do it with a a neighbor. Do it it with somebody else and just say, do you see see any particular lens in me? A way in which I see the world. Then I want you to do something hard. I want you to go to God's Word you to find the lens that he offers that can change that. That there is hope or there is possibility for redemption. That there can be restoration. That your value is not in who, in, in what you do, but in who God has created you to be. Do it with a group of people. Do it with a small group. Do it with your spouse. Do it in prayer. Do it with someone else gift that God has for you, a lens that can reframe your mind. So we close this in prayer. God, we just come before you right now. We just pray that you would reframe our thinking, that you would reframe our lenses. We pray, God, that you would would shape us, that you would open up opportunities to see where you're at work and what you're doing and how you're moving. God, reveal things even in our own hearts that don't come from a place of brokenness, but that, that, that come from a place of longing for something deeper. God, maybe broken relationships that exist. Maybe we're dreading a family party later today. Maybe we're, we're dreading the fact that we're not going to hear from someone today. I just pray, God, that you would bring that up, that you would give us hope, that you would give us peace, that you would be able to restore that, that you would lead us into a place of redemption that only you can take us. God, you are good. You are faithful. Present, you are loving. We pray that you would meet us right now in this moment. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. 
hope this message encouraged you in seeing who God is and who you are in Him. If you want to take a next step, visit frontlinegr.com forward slash connect. We look forward to connecting with you there, and we'll see you back here next week.